In this episode of Women Taking the Lead, I'm speaking with Deborah Boggs about revealing your unique brand to potential employers. I think a lot of times we have maybe some shame around job searching or we want to keep it quiet or whatever. But if no one knows that you're open to new opportunities, then no one can help you. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me. I'm here with Deborah Boggs, and as the co-founder of DNS Professional Coaching, Deborah works with interesting, talented, and successful executives from all over the globe to equip them with the tools they need to advance in the modern job market. Deborah has been recognized as a resume, LinkedIn, and job search expert by the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, Forbes, the Huffington Post, and many other career-related sites, in addition to serving as an international speaker and top-rated podcast guest. And thank you for being my guest, Deborah. (laughs) Deborah also holds a Master of Science in Management, a Bachelor of Arts in Sociology, and an Associate of Science in Labor Studies. She's also a certified digital branding strategist through career thought leaders. Deborah, reading your bio, like you are geared up to really pack a punch and make a difference for, for people in their careers and their job search and their thought leadership. But that's just a little overview of everyone. Tell us a little bit more about you and what you're up to in the world. Oh, thanks so much for the for the kind introduction, Jody. I'm so excited to be here and to talk to your to your listeners about uh, you know how to really elevate in the job search and kind of navigate this crazy world right now if we're looking to make a change in careers. Um, so yeah, I mean, kind of like the bio says, I work with typically executive level leaders, uh, men and women. Um, to kind of get their professional brand together, get all of their personal marketing documents together, and whether that be, you know, their resume, their LinkedIn profiles, things like that, to really make sure that they're they're set up well to compete for the top jobs in their industries. So um, that is a ton of fun because I work with clients all over the world in every major market. Um, and and it's like, uh, I tell people my job is like listening to mini TED Talks every day because I learn so much about so many industries and so many different things going on in the world. It's a lot of fun. Oh my God. It's Yes. I have people say that to me all the time when I describe what they do. They're like, wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm like, you have no idea. You know, <laughs> it's really nice to be in a job that you just love. And every time I talk to you, you get, it's so funny how quickly our conversation, and for those who don't know, Deborah and I have been networking for quite a while, really appreciated her from the moment I met her. And our conversations just end up becoming like, (laughs) because we get so excited and passionate about what we're doing. And, you know, given what I do, knowing what you do, I get super excited about the work that you're doing too. And I want to bring it down to the the foundation of your work. And it's mentioned right at the end of your bio, but you work with people on their personal and professional branding. And, you know, so just so everybody knows, kind of explain what that is and and why it's so important, because I believe that's that's where you start. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, it really is an important part of either the job search or really, you know, kind of elevating in your career is really developing a strong personal or professional brand. And that's really kind of the way you promote yourself. It's your unique combination of skills, your experience, the personality that you bring to a role or your work. And, And it's really how you want the world to see you. So, you know, you may not be in the position you want to be in yet, but your professional brand can really be wrapped around where you're headed, right? So it's going to reflect your conduct, your behavior, um, you know, the the spoken words that you use, your attitude out in the world, your headshot, your, you know, photos, the way that you, uh, you know, communicate on social media across all platforms. All of those things are part of your personal or professional brand, and they really help set a tone for the rest of, you know, your job search or your thought leadership or your networking, um, because it's kind of the promise that you bring saying, you know, if you engage with me in some way, these are the things that I bring to the table and you can count on those things. So that's kind of personal brand in a nutshell. When people think of personal and professional brand, I think sometimes they think I have to be buttoned up. I have to say the right thing all the time, look like my life is perfect. But like, and, and for me, I have an opinion on this, but as the person who's the expert in this area for people, especially for people looking to do a job search, right? That that's impactful to their, to their life and their happiness. So what is your opinion on personal and professional brand and how somebody presents themselves? Yeah, you know, that's such an important question because it depends on, you know, your your industry, the work that you want to do, the type of work that you want to do. And so, you know, it really, really depends. Um, and I, I'm not a big fan of the term authentic um, because I think it kind of in this world of, of personal and professional branding got a little overused. And, and I don't necessarily think we all need to be authentic all the time online, but, um, but it really depends on your brand. Like for me, I work with, you know, typically uh, high level executives. So my brand is a little more buttoned up than my actual personality is. And you know that uh, by knowing me personally, Jody. Mm-hmm. but uh, you know, my professional brand doesn't include my Homer Simpson level of beer of love of beer and donuts, but you know, that's not what I typically put out there on LinkedIn and on resumes and things like that. But I think depending on your industry, um, you know, I'm working with a client right now who, you know, has built a brand per- personally and professionally, but but also she actually built a clothing brand that became, you know, an international uh, distribution. And it's around kind of this uh, alternative lifestyle, punk rock. And so her brand is very uh, and now she's looking for roles, you know, in the tech world, but her professional brand um, is is very alternative. She wrote for Inked Magazine. She's, you know, covered in tattoos, all of those things. It would be unrealistic for her to put a brand out there that's very buttoned up because it's just not her. And it and it it doesn't really fit with anything she's done in the past. And so I think it depends on the industry and really the type of people you want to to attract. And the thought about a brand is any kind of a brand, um, if it's going to be successful, is going to attract and repel, right? So you're not, you know, a strong brand is not going to attract every single type of client or person or or employer. Um, so you need to think about who you're really speaking to. And so, you know, being covered in tattoos and things like this may not work for some companies, but other companies may think, hey, that's the outside of the box thinking we're looking for. So don't be afraid to repel others, not, you know, physically, but um, <laughs> don't feel like you have to cater to everyone because that's just not really an option for everybody. Right. And, you know, this this seems counterintuitive, especially in the job search where you think like, I want tons of opportunities, right? right? But, you know, 
you've experienced this with your clients. Like sometimes you have several offers on the table and you have to decide between which companies you're going to work for. And you have the whole, will I fit in this culture question? And if you're very clear about who you are and your brand reflects, you know, your core values, you will likely only get offers from the companies that are like, yep, you're one of our people. You belong here. Absolutely. You know, that's such an important thing too. That's I think getting more common lately. I, you know, when I speak to say, you know, my, my black clients who say, well, I'm part of this employee resource group that, that caters to African-Americans or, you know, we work on professional development, things like this. Is this something I should put on my resume or on LinkedIn? Will I, will I, um, will I, you know, kind of through bias, maybe not get some opportunities. And I tell them, you know, it depends on who you're trying to attract. If you add those things to your resume and it repels an employer, it's probably not an employer you wanted to work for anyway, or a culture that you would fit into well. So, you know, if you put those things on that may repel some, some people in your, in your sphere, that may not be a bad thing because you don't want to get into a culture where you're not going to fit. Um, I had a uh, a gay client say that to me yesterday too. She said, you know, I have, I have a spouse. She is a female. I don't hide that. But at the same time, I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to get in a situation where I'm not offered a position. And so we had that conversation yesterday too. If, you know, you don't need to lead with it. It doesn't need to be part of your professional brand, but at the same time, you don't want to strip it from who you are and then get into a situation where that you're not in a great culture. Absolutely. And I've had conversations lately and some guests on my podcast that talked about you want to be able to bring your whole self to work. You don't need all of your personal life on display (laughs) at work, but at no point do you want to feel like you have to hide it, right? Right. You want to know that you can share it openly if you choose to do so. Great point. Absolutely. And I love that your clients and people who will be your clients someday have you to guide them through that that um, query of what do I share? What do I not share? Because that sounds like, (laughs) I don't want to say it's a minefield. It's not a minefield, but it's one of those things that can bog us down and hold us back from, you know, updating our resume, working on our LinkedIn profile and other platforms that we're putting ourselves out there because we're constantly questioning, like you have a system that can help your clients like discern exactly what do you want to put out there? What do you want to be known for? And and how do you want to present yourself to the world? Right. Absolutely. And I'd like a quick follow-up on that. I think is, is the world has been so political lately. Um, and I think we'll probably continue to be, I, you know, I want you to think when, pe- when you're putting your professional brand together, it's not just about how you're writing your LinkedIn profile or what you're putting on your resume, but it's really about how you're conducting yourself as well. And, and so I always think if I'm reading LinkedIn, I, I'm a nerd, so I'm on LinkedIn a lot, but you could, you could translate this to Facebook or Instagram or anything. Um, but if I'm, if I'm reading posts and I'm reading comments and there's something I feel strongly about that I want to comment about, I always pause and think, how is that going to reflect my personal brand? Is that something that I need to post about or or write about publicly, or can I just think it to myself and keep moving? Because while we talked about, you know, personal brands can, you know, attract or repel, if you add something political, then you're immediately repelling 50%-ish of your potential audience. And that's okay if if strong political convictions are part of your brand or part of your business, but if they're not, you're repelling people for no reason. Um, And so that's one of the things, you know, I I caution people about getting into things that they may feel very, very strongly about. And I actually have a friend, we did a webinar um, for a group in California the other day, and he and I are both 
we have passionate views about politics, but we, but this question came up and we said, you know, you can you can be a passionate person without telling the world all of the time, right? Um, and and sometimes it's not helpful for your brand. And I saw someone post the other day, you know, sometimes the best thing for your brand is not to say anything at all. And I think you know that's something we need to keep in mind as things get more inflammatory. I, you know, and I love that we're having this conversation. I don't want to go overboard on it, but you make a, an absolutely great point. And the other thing I'm thinking is communication. And, you know, when we're on social media and we're on platforms, we are communicating with the world, whether or not we think we are. But communication isn't just what you're saying. It's about how you're being received. And mm-hmm. then, and we've spoken of this already. There are biases out there already. And, you know, if I ask a, a group of 10 people, you know, what would you think if I said I was a Democrat or what would you think if I said I was a Republican? Each of those 10 people ha- are going to have a different notion of what that means. And they're going to make assumptions about me based on that label when most people I meet, regardless of which political party they identify with, tend to be closer to the center. But when right. we hear those labels, we think about the far right or the far left, and that's just not representative of most people I meet. And so, yeah, if, if this isn't something that's part of your profession, do you need to talk about it all the time? Not to say you can't talk about it or you can't talk about certain issues, but you want to think about how are, how it would how is that information helpful to you and to the people you're trying to communicate with? Absolutely. No, that makes tons of sense. And okay, so boom, check that box. Okay, (laughs) we've got personal and professional brand and how you're presenting yourself to the world out there. Once you have that done and those pieces in place, if someone's starting their job search, where should they begin? Yeah, you know, it can be a little overwhelming, I think, for a lot of people. And I, you know, a lot of people come to me and say, I just, I don't even know where to start. I've been in my job 10 years, or I've really, um, I've been at the same company for X number of years because I've always grown in positions or, or I haven't had to apply for a job in my career because I get recruited, whatever it may be. Um, this comes up a lot, regardless of, of the, I, I think, stage people are in, in their careers. I have, you know, C-level leaders say, I have no idea how to start my job search. And I I always tell people you need to start with the end in mind as far as, you know, everything else is going to be easier if you have a clear goal. You need to really get clear about what you want to do, the types of roles that interest you, the types of companies, the type of industry, size of company. You really need to think about that because, again, we can't be everything to everyone. And a really targeted job search and a targeted resume and and a LinkedIn profile that speaks to your audience are going to be much, much more effective. So sometimes I'll have people call me to talk about writing their resume. And and the first question I ask everybody is, okay, tell me about your ideal next role. Like what what would be the ideal position if it came across your desk? And, And sometimes people have literally no idea. And in that case, I tell people it's best if you start with career coaching or really spend some time thinking about what's next for you because I can write a resume, but it's not going to be effective. We really need to focus on what's next because a resume, even if you're not in that type of role you want to be in, writing a resume and a LinkedIn profile toward the future and who you're going to be, not just what you've done, is is a really powerful way to to show how you can, you know, how you can bring different skills to the table. And so I know that's a long way around saying be clear about your end goal, but it's a conversation I have every day. And I'm going to use a couple of analogies because right off the bat, when you talk, when you started talking about where to begin, 
it almost sounded like somebody getting back into dating after a breakup. <laughs> right. right. Like they get like a, a, like a C sweet level person being like, I don't even know where to begin. That, mm-hmm. that just like tickled me because <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. When you've been in a job for any number of years, you get comfortable and you forget how to go about finding the next job. The other analogy is like somebody who's starting a new business and they're not clear on exactly what services they want to provide or products they want to provide and who their ideal customer is. You know, the more clear you are on those things, the more effective your marketing or in this case, your search will be. So I love that. Okay. So having a, a clear idea of what the end goal is. And I'll, I'll tell you, Deborah, I had um, someone recently start working with me because she knew where she is right now isn't it anymore. She doesn't even want to be doing the role she's doing right now, but she's like, I, it would be a waste of my time and my money if I were to begin looking for jobs because I don't know what that next step is. So having somebody who can help you, you know, really do that inquiry, what am I good at? What do I get excited about? Where do I want to make an impact? And also some legacy questions. And I, and just so we're clear, this, this is not the area that you're working in. No, I do not do career coaching at all. The name of my business is terrible um, because <laughs> I found early on that there are really great resume writers and that, you know, person to help you with the marketing and there are really great career coaches and they're not typically the same person. Um, and I am not a great career coach. I tell people the reason is I tend to think a little more pragmatically about, okay, what sucks the least and pays the most? Let's go do that. Um, and not the soul searching around, you know, what work would, you know, you'd really enjoy and career mapping and what you want that to look like. Yes. What's in alignment with your values? Exactly. You're, you're <laughs> like, I'm an action person. Like when you're ready to go, you call me and we will get it done. I love Exactly. It. That's what I tell people. When you're clear about your job search, I can help you hit the ground running. I just, I, you know, prior to that, I, that's not my, that's not my strong suit. <laughs> okay. So my next question is, okay, clearly the job market is tighter than it's been in years. Like unemployment is, has just been going through the roof. So what are some ways that job seekers can stand out to potential employers? Yeah. You know, I, I feel like, especially when we're talking to women, my message would be women need to be bolder in their job search. You know, the ways of applying online, looking at job boards, things like that are, are just not going to work right now. I mean, you know, it may work for some people, but by and large, especially if you're making a career change or you've had maybe a gap for a while due to COVID or family, you know, things where you may be going back into work, it's a lot harder to get noticed and stand out if you're applying online. Um, but a couple of things I want to want to say is, that, you know, it doesn't it doesn't mean it's impossible to find a job. But you just need to tell the universe that you're open to it. And I don't mean that in a woo woo way, but I mean, you know, you need to I think a lot of times we have maybe some shame around job searching or we want to keep it quiet or whatever. But if no one knows that you're open to new opportunities, then no one can help you. So I want you to think about go beyond just applying and really be proactive about your job search. And it's going to take some time. This is not something that is um, that is easy to do by any means, but it really helps you get more opportunities to then pick the right thing. You know, you had made a great point earlier about, you know, sometimes you get multiple opportunities or multiple offers and you're thinking, okay, what really aligns to my values? And that's really where most of my clients are is they have time and they have a runway to really 
go through a job search strategically and vet good opportunities and not just take the next thing that comes along. And that's where, and I'm, I'm passionate about this for women, which is why I'm kind of going <laughs> off on a tangent here, but that's where um, I think you can make a good impact and not just have to take the next thing that comes along. And so the way we do that is, you know, you know, you can apply online and I want women to be bold about what they apply for, you know, and, and maybe not just apply online. There's some follow-up through, through here we'll talk about, but, you know, I know a lot of us have already heard this statistic, but I think it's worth repeating because I think we all need to be reminded of it. In a Forbes article, um, they quoted the Harvard Business Review by saying uh, uh, men are confident about their ability at 60% of the time, um, and that's when they'll apply for jobs. But women don't feel confident to apply for a role until they've checked off each item on the list, meaning they, they don't apply unless they're 100% qualified by and large. Um, and so that means, you know, women are going to be uh, applied, you know, applying to less roles and there's going to be more men in the, in the candidate pool. So we really need to think about how we're showing up to our job search. We need to be confident about applying for work. Um, we need to reach out to decision makers on LinkedIn or via email. And if you're going to be applying on, or if you're going to reach out on LinkedIn, we need to take a step back and make sure that fits your personal brand too. So we need to, you know, don't start reaching out on LinkedIn until you're confident with LinkedIn telling the story and being your first, mm. um, first impression, because, um, you know, especially right now in this world of, you know, most people working from home and things like this, them seeing your LinkedIn profile and your headshot specifically are going to be your only opportunity to make a first impression. So just think about that and how you know, and how you come across in that first impression. And then, yeah, look up decision makers and leaders at the companies that not only you've applied for, but that you'd like to work for, because you can also reach out and make your own opportunities. I have a client, he is a male, um, who started a job January 1st after having like six different opportunities that he had created for himself by making a list of the ideal companies that he wanted to work for, finding the decision makers and sending them proactive um basically emails or cover letters with his resume saying, here's what he could bring to the company. And so um, he's just started a, his dream job in a new industry, doing a new role um, at his salary requirement, uh, just because he, I mean, he spent a ton of time on this, but he made it happen for himself. And I think that's where we need to, we need to take time out for ourselves. And I think a lot of times women specifically have a hard time carving out, okay, you've worked all day. Now you've got all these other family obligations or home obligations or friends or, you know, whatever it may be. And we think we don't have time for that. We can't spend time on that, but that's where we're really going to, to move the needle in our job search and, and in our ability to move up is if we spend the kind of time and the kind of resources that, that more often men can afford themselves. And it's strategic, right? Rather than throwing spaghetti at the wall, if you're clear on what you want to do, what kind of company you want to work for, I think this is something we forget. We're not only flattered when we get the job offer, but companies can also get flattered when a qualified candidate reaches out to them and says, I love what you're doing. And here's how I can contribute to what you're doing. I love that. Absolutely. If you can reach out, you know, and say, yeah, here's, here's what you're doing and why I love it. Here's how it aligns to, you know, the work that I've done. And here's what I want to help you do in the future. You know, those, those letters, those networking letters that are kind of proactive are really powerful and get a great return. I mean, yeah, you may send a hundred and get 10 responses, but you only need one job offer. It's a strategic search. You're not sending thousands. You're really thinking about the ideal company, the ideal market and, and type work that you'd like to do. But then, at that point, you know, you don't need a hundred responses. You just need a couple. 
And, you know, and earlier you made a point about how women don't want to share with their network that they're looking for the next opportunity, or even if it's like a tighter circle, right, of, right. of, of people that they're looking for the next opportunity. And I'm going to speak for a lot of the women that listen to this podcast, because I know we're, we're perfectionists and I'm going to use <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we are perfectionists. And as perfectionists, one of our tendencies is we don't want to do something unless we know we'll be successful, right? Or we don't want other people to know we're doing something until we know we'll be successful. But then we make it so much harder for ourselves because there are people out there who can help us. And I know so many people who've gotten their next opportunity because they shared, hey, just a heads up, I'm I'm looking, you know, right. for new opportunities. And somebody went, hold on, I know, I know of something. Let me, you know, let me get you the information. And then before you know it, they got the job because they came highly recommended by somebody who knew them and then applying for the job. This applies to applying for the job as well. Don't let your perfectionistic tendencies get in the way of thinking you're not qualified for the job. Like have the conversation. And I I would tell the women I was mentoring, apply for the job. Worst case scenario, you don't even get the interview, right? Next is you get the interview, but you don't get the job. In that situation, you can ask them, what was missing Right in my profile or my resume or in my experience? What, did, what would I have needed in order to get this job? They'll share it with you, mm -hmm. right? You get so much information by just engaging in the conversation and, yeah. and, and it's a wealth of knowledge. Absolutely. Yes. Because I mean, it's, it's real world feedback that you can then apply to the next role. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, there are situations where we know what happened, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, in those times when you, when you feel like you had a real shot, like, okay, it's, it's a great, great way and a great time to ask for feedback. And I, I, I know it's like kind of staying on the negative, but I, I just want because you see it, you have an inside perspective of what's going on. And you and I ha have kind of touched on this before, but what are some of the things that you see women specifically do on their resumes or in their job searches that may be holding them back beyond what you've already described of the perfectionism? Yeah, you know, that's a really great question that what I see the most, I would say, is women not not giving themselves enough credit for the work that they've done and they're not and and that translates into not having a strong enough resume that could be showing their real value and their real accomplishments and not having a strong enough uh, LinkedIn profile because I think women a lot of times think okay if I put my head down and do hard work I'll get recognized right and it doesn't work that way because we know the squeaky wheel always gets the <laughs> gets the oil or whatever the term is and so um I tell people and I tell women you know it's really hard and and it it makes sense you know it's hard to brag about ourselves. It's hard to say, look at everything I'm amazing at. It's hard to, you know, we're not really socialized as women to say, let me tell you how great I am. Do you have like five minutes for me to talk about all the things I really, really excel at? It's very uncomfortable. And so that's when it's helpful for women to get out of your own box and, and ask for help, whether it's, you know, working with a resume writer who will do an interview with you or reaching out to people you've worked with in the past who know your work and say, hey, could you review my resume and see if I'm missing anything? 
um, you know, going back through your performance reviews and looking at the accomplishments you put on your performance reviews and looking at the comments that your leadership wrote about you, you know, those things, those hard numbers are really helpful to include, you know, those hard accomplishments, you know, beyond the soft skills. Cause I think women have a hard time writing out bullets of here's how I moved the needle for the organization I worked for when our, our male counterparts usually are having no problem doing that. And so when you're looking at two resumes and you see one full of soft skills and one that says, you know, I raised X amount of money and I increased sales by blah, blah, blah. And I did these things, you know, one's going to be stronger than the other. And so that's where women really need to own their accomplishments. I love that. I'm going to leave it right there. Women need to own their accomplishments. (laughs) Amen. Deborah, I'm sure you've got everyone excited. Where can people reach out and connect with you? Yes. So uh, find me on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Deborah Boggs, D-E-B-R-A-B-O-G-G-S. Or you can check out my website at uh, DS, as in David Sam, procoaching.com. But remember, terrible business name. I'm not a coach, but uh, I'd love to connect with you guys. (laughs) Yes. And you've mentioned a rebrand may be coming in the future. Yes. Yes. I uh, Part of the whole, yeah, the growing pains of the business that kind of uh, got started before I had the clear end goal in mind. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we will update all the links when that happens. And, you know, for those of you who are listening, Deborah is very active on LinkedIn, has great professional and I love your Friday conversations. She always says (laughs) something, asks a fun and light question on Friday. So you get a mix of both with her. So if you're on the run or you're in the car, don't worry about, you know, you haven't missed anything. You can find everything that Deborah shared, the links of where to connect with her and also play, you know, more information to find her at womentakingthelead.com forward slash Deborah dash Boggs, or you can just put Deborah in the search bar. Her show notes page will pop right up. And Deborah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you so much, Jody. I had so much fun. Thank you. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous, Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.